Well, this this actually reminds me of the passage in in uh, at the start of Genesis when they talked about how after uh, they've eaten the the knowledge the, the fruits from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, God sent an angel to guard the the tree of life, and that's if they if they also ate the tree of life, then they actually become God, and that is in some sense unacceptable. But they just I think this is always the big enigma inside uh, inside Genesis, right? Why why did not why did God prohibit men to become like God? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting idea, and because you have this idea that we want to Im- emulate God, but perhaps there's this idea that at the same time that emulating God is through a long process of working hard and living in the world instead of something which you can solve very quickly by like building a tower or or solve very quickly like um like eating a fruit or something from a tree it's something which the only way which you can achieve it or at least do so in a great way is via is via interacting with the world and and understanding being and and there's this idea that maybe we have eaten the tree of life subconsciously and and you know when we're discussing this uh, Genesis 3, it was not necessarily clear that it was actually eating the tree which actually led us to know good or evil, but rather it's kind of like eating the tree allowed us to understand something about ourselves. Because in Christian theology, you do realize that there's an, an immortal afterlife after after death, which seems to be the, it, by itself a tree of life kind of idea. You are immortal, it's just that it's like you die on earth and you're open to an immortal kind of consequence. So in the same way, perhaps we have already we have this access to the tree of life. It's just that we have to first undergo a certain kind of struggle or strife before we can reach the other side. Or perhaps, I, I would take the idea, but go further with it in a sense that that's what God is prohibiting. It's not uh, life or it's not giving us attributes like God, but <coughs> prohibiting us to know that we are God or in some sense, we have these attributes of God and acting like God. For me, the, the most dangerous position is people thinking that they, they, they know everything and they, they are godlike in the sense that they know about you better than you do. So they can force you to do things that you perhaps you don't want to do. And they can stand in a kind of Stalinist sense at the... Uh, vantage point of history and command command you and assign blame even if you've done nothing blameworthy and in the same sense that's what god is prohibiting is this knowledge or is this disbelief that we are god and and perhaps when we come too close into this belief of being godlike then then horrible things will happen and for me that's also an interpretation of why uh, in, in Judaism and in Islam, you can't have a representation of God because that would make God come too close to, to man. And that's a very interesting idea. And, and, and this is really, you raise a very weird point or not weird in a bad way, but weird in an interesting way. It's the idea that we know we're made in the image of God, but at the same time, there's some sense of distance between the two. And you're like, well... Why exactly is that distance while there is a connection at the same time? And and perhaps reason for this distance in midst of the connection is perhaps the 
perhaps illustration of um, perhaps idea that while we should understand that there's a divine part in all of us, we should not assume the role of God in the world or assuming the role of God would lead to disastrous consequences, which we seem to have established here. And it is quite true whenever humans seem to elevate themselves to be beyond other human as a God disasters normally happen. But uh, perhaps we, we can leave that aside. And I, I also find something really interesting in it. In that we, we all, always think of God as being in the sky. And I'm wondering, where, where do you think this comes from, that God comes from the sky? I think it's a very interesting idea because obviously it's the biggest straw man as well to just critique this kind of like God in the sky, old grandfather figure kind of person. But then at the same time, all the beautiful painters from Michelangelo to all those people have all painted God as this being in the sky. Well, why is that the case? I think sky is a representation of the beyond and that which is above us in the same way we we best anal- analogize or at least illustrate God as a being in the sky, as being beyond and above us, perhaps. Actually, and that's a very simple way. This, to is, a, this is a good, good foray into... <laughs> Kant's theory, a uh, Kant's aesthetic theory, but Kant, there's this distinction between the beautiful and the sublime. And beautiful is this, uh, resides in nature. And for him, it's this propulsiveness without purpose. You don't really have to uh, know exactly what he means by that. But what, what he's trying to say is that you can't, uh, there's no purpose to the beautiful and that you can't have a concept of the beautiful and apply it to it. Uh, let's say you, when, you, when you encounter a beautiful tree, you can't have a concept of the ideal tree and then apply it to the tree and say, oh, this tree is close to the ideal tree, therefore it's beautiful for Kant, that would be good. But instead, there, there is some something inside the tree in itself that's, that makes us use our mental faculties and try to judge it, that makes it beautiful, but does not make it um, good. In contrast to the beautiful though, and this is the main point here, Kant uh, delineates the divine, uh, the sublime, and for him, the sublime is this, uh, he has the mathematical sublime, which is just so big and so vast, uh, it, it just strikes you. And for him, the sublime is actually connected with a, a kind of terror and a kind of fear. And and that's why perhaps towards God, there's, as we said before, there's the, the respect, but there's also the fear to towards God. And that is constituted of the divine. But the most interesting point that Kant makes about the the, the sublime and why I'm introducing this here is that is that for him, when we feel the sublime, what, what we're actually awed by is not what's outside inside the world, but the moral law within ourselves or our own mental capacities, which is able to represent and to think about such a limitless universe. So for him, the experience of the sky, the, the, the majestic experience of when we look at a night sky filled with stars is it's sublime, not because like we would just feel the, the vastness of the universe, but instead it's sublime precisely because we we feel the vastness of ourselves and the immense moral capacity that human beings possess. 